Amen? Can everyone hear me? Yes. If I say I'm not nervous, I'll be lying. Um, I've never spoken here before, but it's funny because I go out and I speak other places and I say stuff. But coming to your own house is a bit, <laughs> a bit, a bit um, nerve-wracking. But I do want to start with some worship, so toss it if you don't mind. Um, I want us to take the same song, just that chorus, because all I want is for you to be glorified, for you to be lifted high. Um, it's one of the things that is really dear to my heart for God to always be lifted high. And that's something that I've learned in the last four weeks. Um, yeah, so if we just can stand together, we just sing just that part, just to meditate on it and allow, us, allow it to kind of soak us through, if that makes sense. Because all I want is for you, for you to be glorified, for you to be that you will be seen Lord this isn't about us and how well we can sing how well we can play how well we can talk that's got nothing to do with it Lord it's all about you and your glory and people seeing who you are Father in everything we do in everything we do oh God it's about you people seeing who Jesus is and so Father I pray you take us to a higher level where we strip ourselves of ourselves and we just walk in you Lord and we just walk in you and we just keep reflecting you and keep pointing back to you I pray you will help us to do that Lord all for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Alright. So, Tosi, if you don't mind, keep playing. Okay, so, as you know, myself and Tony, my wife, we went to America for four weeks and we did four 24-hour worships. So, we started off in New York, um, we went to Boston, then we went to Philadelphia, and then we ended up in Maryland. Um, it was amazing. It was good. It was amazing. You know, God was praised. Um, and I was given a privilege to start it off. So every time 24 hours worship, I would give the talk and say, look, this is what it's about. What's your expectation? What are you here for? And I've been praying, and God, thank God, God has given me words for each state. And that's kind of the things I want to share with you today. Um, but I remember after Maryland, um, the last one, I was talking to my leaders, the leaders of Genesis, the group we went with, and I was like, you know, I wasn't really satisfied, you know. That's what I told him. I told him I wasn't really satisfied. I know we worshipped. I know, you know, you know, your spirit broke out. People got delivered. People got healed. That was amazing. But I wasn't satisfied. 
And this is the reason why I wasn't satisfied. Um, can we go to Second Chronicles? Actually, no. Let's do it this way. Has everyone got a Bible? Okay, we're going to play it. So I would like you to hold your Bible like that. So mine's in my bag. Okay, I'll borrow my wife's one just to show you. Okay? I want to hold your Bible like that. This might not work with a tablet. Uh, <laughs> just to say it. But it'll work with this. Okay, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to play a quick game. The first person to get there, I will tell you the scripture, then you have to read it. Okay, if you don't mind. Okay, quick game. Because it's called Draw Your Sword. It's a bit childish, but well, hey, I think it's a good way to get everyone in, in, uh, involved. Okay, so the first scripture I want us to get to. Second Chronicles 5, 13 to 14. Second Chronicles 5, 13 to 14. <laughs> yes, please. Indeed, it came to pass that when the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord, and when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endures forever, that the house of the Lord was filled with the cloud, so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house. Amen. 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 That's my desire in worship, guys. You know, I was, I, was, I was not satisfied because, not because God didn't do anything. It's because I wanted to see a tangible, like, God's glory to fill the house to, work to the extent that no one could do nothing. That's, that was my desire. That, and I believe we're going to get there. I don't have any doubt that that's not going to happen. It's going to happen. But my desire was, I want your glory to fill the house. And it's funny because when well, I personally believe if God's glory fills the house, there's no need for laying of hands. There's no need for us to go up to someone and start praying for deliverance. Like, in Maryland, there was an instance where we were praying for one person for three hours for deliverance. Three hours. But for me, in my heart, I'm thinking, if God's glory just filled the temple and we focused on it and continued worshipping, that deliverance would have taken place. That's got nothing to do with us. We're in, anyway, sorry, this is just my desire, guys, okay? Um, in the um, in prayer, for he is good and his steadfast love um, endures forever. The house... The house of the Lord was filled with the cloud so that the priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house. Now it's funny, if we call ourselves ministers, which we are, um, we're coming here today. So imagine we come here on the Sunday service and we say, God, let your glory fill the temple. Let your glory fill the temple. When we start worshipping and we're together, all of this kind of formalities and it doesn't happen. It's, it gets thrown out the window because God is now moving and he's doing his own thing. And he starts touching people individually. He starts touching people, he starts touching people to the extent the ministers could not stand anymore. The job that they were supposed to do as priests, as the Levites, they couldn't do it. Because God's presence was so full in the house, full in the house. And that's my, always my desire, guys. That's always my desire. When we come to worship, when we come to be in God's presence, that His glory fills the house. You know? And it's funny because when His glory fills the house, He meets us at the point of our need. As I said before, we don't need to start laying hands. I don't need to start going over there and doing deliverance for three hours and then going over there and pray for healing. He just does it. You know, in Maryland, there was one guy, Michael, he gave a, a deep testimony. Um, he, he was paralyzed. He was paralyzed. But he came in and, you know, he gave a word. And it was very interesting how... Um, he, he, it was so funny because he was free. He, he didn't care and he had so much faith to be healed. And when I looked at him, I was thinking, God, he, this guy has to be healed. He came in a wheelchair, he came in a, and he was walking with braces. I was like, he has to be healed. I was desiring he has to be healed. Um, 
and we did pray for him. I guess we did pray for him. We prayed, we prayed, we prayed. But thank God there was progress. So I kind of believe there was that kind of progressive healing that God was doing with him. Because um, he, he mentioned, he said how before when he was walking, he had to use his hips. And, but by the time we were praying for him, he was able to kind of just walk by himself and I still believe that God is it but I was like but if God's presence just comes in if the glory just comes in there will be complete healing do you know what I mean because the focus is not on us anymore it's not us trying to conjure something and make it happen it's now God is doing his own thing do you know what I mean and that's one thing I think we have to be careful of is conjuring you know trying to conjure up and trying to do trying to follow formulas to try and get God's presence to come in we don't need to do that if we focus on him it's funny because at the beginning of this it goes, and it was the duty of the trumpeters and the singers to make themselves heard in unison, in praise and thanksgiving unto the Lord. That unison for me means one accord. Mm-hmm. That unison means in togetherness. We're doing it together. Am I making sense? Yeah, yeah? we're doing it together. Do you know what I mean? And it's funny, on um, Acts 2, it talks about the day of Pentecost. The Bible says they were in one accord. Okay, one accord. And it's funny thing, I don't know if it's true or not, but I kind of believe they weren't in one accord. If they were divided in their thinking and divided in what they think is true, I don't think God's presence would have come. And I always believe if there's unity, God's presence will flow. You know, and it was saying the trumpeters, the musicians, and when I was in America, I was, you know, I was talking to the choir. I was like, guys, whatever we do, make sure we as the choir or the worship team are unified in what God wants to do today. Especially if, and I'm, it's funny. When I was preparing for this Genesis, from the beginning of January, for some reason, God has laid a fence on my heart. So with Genesis, every time I come talk, I'm like, guys, deal with your offenses. Make sure you do it. If, you, if you've got anger, if you've got issues with each other, please deal with it. Please. Like, I was begging it. It was funny because we had Jeffrey, one of our guys, came in, didn't have any meeting with us. He said the same thing. Uncle Debo, he came to minister to us, said the same thing. It's funny. In Maryland, in Philadelphia, someone gave Genesis, the group, a word. And he said that, guys, stop fighting amongst yourselves. And this was, this is something that God was dealing with us. He was like, stop fighting. Stop the offense. Deal with the offenses. And the reason I feel God is doing that is because if we deal with the offenses and we come as one body, there's so much we can do in his name. So much. Guys, sorry, I'm just offloading because it's just so much in my heart. Um, Deal with the offences. Deal with the issues that were, you know, the heart issues. Deal with that. You know, when we worship, we come to worship in truth and spirit. There's an element where you worship from the heart. Let's go to Matthew. One of my favourite scriptures ever. Matthew. Oh yeah, we do the same thing. Uh, same thing. Same thing. <laughs> same thing. <laughs> no cheating. Matthew 15. And we're gonna read uh, from seven to eight. Matthew 15, seven to eight. <laughs> use a tablet, it's fine. Use a tablet, it's fine. Matthew 15. Eight to nine. He's got it. Matthew 15. Matthew 15. Um, seven to nine. Okay. Ye hypocrites, where did Elijah, prophet of, uh, of you, saying, These people draw near unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me? Mm. Thank you. Okay, this is one of, anytime I, I talk about worship, I always talk about the lips and the heart saying the same thing. It's, um, that was actually, that was quoted, Jesus quoted that from Isaiah 29 13. Um, that's where he quoted it from. Anytime I talk about worship, I'm like, guys, 
I always talk about the hearts and the lips. Okay, it's so possible for us to be singing, all I want is for you, for you to be glorified, for you to be lifted. It's possible for us to sing it with our lips, but our hearts is completely somewhere else. It happens, I'm not lying to you, it happens to me all the time where I just drift. So, and it happens in prayer as well. You're praying, Father, you know, you're praying, you're praying, and then your heart just drifts. And then you're, you're, so your lips are moving, but your heart's doing something completely different, you know? And, and it's very interesting, because I believe, actually, if we're going to worship God, our heart is involved. You know, we do not say one thing with our lips and then say something completely different with our hearts, okay? Am I making sense? Yeah. yeah? yeah. Our lips and our hearts have to be in sync. You know, I can give an example. So the example I always give, I always do this. So I'm going to start praying, and then what I'm going to do is I'm going to start talking about random stuff that's on my mind. So I'm t- just to give an example. So I can say, Father, I just thank you for the fact that we are here in your presence. Lord, I'm so scared right now. Um, Lord, we just give you praise because you are good and your mercies enjoy forever. Do I really believe that your mercies enjoy forever? Um, Holy Spirit, I just pray you continue to do what you're doing in the hair. I'm really scared. Um, Lord, just do what you're doing. Do what you're doing, Holy Spirit. Is it the fact that I'm trying to think? Sorry, I'm going to stop that. The fact that I'm trying to think of what to say, I'm distracting myself from praying. Am I, am I, do you get my point? Yes. So in that, I'm trying to pray, but my heart was doing something else. My heart is contemplating other things. But that's what we do in worship. Now, the whole point of worship, or the whole point when we come together, is let our hearts be in line with our mouths. Don't let us be hypocrites. Don't, and it's funny, one of my favorite songs, Jehovah, you are the most high. I don't even know it. But in that song, what you're doing, you're declaring God as the most high. And it's a bit silly, because Lucifer said, I will make my throne higher than the most high. In my head, that does not make any sense. Because if something's already the most high, how are you going to put something on top of the most high? It, that's, and that's what Lucifer said. That's, it doesn't make sense. Um, anyway, we'll leave that one alone. Um, but my point is, if you're saying, Jehovah, you are the most high, do we believe he's the most high? In our hearts, do we believe that actually he is the most high, which means he's higher than my circumstances, he's higher than my issues, he's higher than the different things that happen. That means he's higher. And in our hearts, what we're supposed to do is acknowledge him as being higher. Do, do you understand what I'm trying to get at? Okay, so one, another thing I like to deal with is that with we're singing a song, let's understand what we're singing, let it resonate in our hearts and we sing it with everything. Okay, when we sang Shout to the Lord, the whole place erupted because it looks like we, uh, we understood what it meant. Shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing. We understood and it linked with what Kelly was saying in Psalm 150, that everything that has breath, praise the Lord. We understood what it meant, hence why we were able to... But what, but what, hap- what happens or what happens in the state when you don't understand what it's saying? Do you know what I mean? If you don't understand the song, let's say the worship team brings a new song, if you don't understand it, what do you do? Do you sit back and disengage? Or do you try and, okay, what is it saying? You break it down, you relate it to scripture, and then you sing out. And that's what I like to do. If I don't know a song, if I don't know a song, what I'll do, I'll look at it, I'll break it down. Okay, how does it relate to scripture? Is it, is it even biblical in the first place? You know, relate, relate it. If it is, then I'll pour it out because it's saying something deep. Am I making myself clear? Okay, so the first one, so just to recap, the first thing I was talking about was God's glory. If we're united in God, in God's presence, and we sing together, I believe his glory will always fill the temple. Okay, um, second thing is let our hearts link to what our lips are saying. They can't be separate. They cannot be separate. Our hearts and lips cannot be separate. Am I making myself clear? Yeah. Our lips should be singing, should always sing what our hearts is saying. Praise God. Um, same thing, Second Chronicles. <laughs> 7, 1 to 3. Seven, Second Chronicles 7, 1 to 3. 
very similar to what we've read already, but I just want to hammer the point. Now when Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the house. The priests could not enter into the house of the Lord, because the glory of the Lord filled the Lord's house. All the sons of Israel, seeing the fire come down from and the glory of the Lord upon the of the glory of the Lord upon the house, bowed down on the pavement where with their faces to the ground, and they worshipped and gave praise in the, to the Lord, saying, Truly life, truly he is good, truly his loving kindness is everlasting. Thank you. See the question I you see again, that's the second time the glory of the Lord fills the house. And the people, the ministers, the priests, they could not do what God, well, what they tried to do, you know. The second question is, and the third question that I, I, I pick from that is, do we know the God we're serving? Because if we, if, do we know the God we're serving? Do we know the God that we are serving? If we know Jesus, it shouldn't take us, it shouldn't take us a long time to worship. We should, actually, it should be something we do, to be honest with you, sorry. I've kind of, I need to put a context. Worship is our everyday life. Let me just throw that out there. Everything we do should be worship. Okay, everything we do. I'm just talking about it in kind of a musical singing context, but it should be our everyday life. When we're going to work, it should be an act of worship. You know, when we're giving, when we're talking, when we're speaking, it should be an act of worship. Whatever we do, we should reflect Jesus. Am I making sense? Okay, cool. Right. Do we know the God that we are worshipping? Do we even know Jesus that we're calling his name? Because actually that's the most fundamental part. We cannot worship something we don't know. We cannot, it cannot happen. If we don't know Jesus, if we don't know God or, or the relationship we have with God, we cannot worship. Okay? One of my favorite, uh, not favorite scriptures, but one of the scriptures, last scripture that I will share before I close. Acts 17, Acts 17, 22 to 23. Acts 17, 22 to 23. <laughs> okay. then, then Paul stood in the midst of the Aeropagus and said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are very religious, for as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God. Thank you. Now it's quite interesting because people in Athens... They were very religious. They had many gods. They had many people they were serving. But they had one, I assume it was an idol, that said to an unknown god. Okay? They didn't even know who it was, but they were just serving to that one. Yeah? They were just serving that thing. And I thank God for Paul, because Paul went there and then explained who God was. So it was no more unknown. But it's funny, because they were worshipping something. They knew it was a god or something, but they were just worshipping it. Anyway. It, was just, it doesn't really make sense, does it? But it's unknown, they just worship it. That's what they did. Thank God I didn't write it. It was written there. Okay, they, you know, they served or they worshipped this unknown God. But it took Paul to go there and kind of tell them, this is Jesus Christ. And it's funny, when you then read it, he breaks everything down. He talks about Jesus, about the whole history. Um, before they were then broken in their hearts and they realised who God really was. Now, my question to you is, do we serve an unknown God? Okay? Yeah? It's a known God, right? But then why don't we worship him like we know him? That's where it is, isn't it? Okay? 
yeah? If you know God, you will worship him. You know, Tony was saying this morning, if you see God as a father, you will worship him because he's a father. You know? If you see God as a provider, you will worship God because Lord, you are a provider. Look, just and it's true, I was thinking about what Tony was saying. We drove, we rented a car from Maryland and we drove to Canada. That's about we, it took us eleven hours. It should have taken nine, but it took us eleven. You know, and I'm gonna lie, I was tired. One hour in, I started to doze off. So seriously, I'm gonna lie, I started to doze off. Bear in mind they drive on the wrong side of the road. Okay. Wrong side. Yeah. <laughs> I say wrong side, okay. <laughs> You know, okay, they drive on the opposite side of the road. So, but it was okay. I, you know, I managed to, you know, to find my bearings. I was okay, but I started to. I, my eyes were fiery, so we had to stop in Pennsylvania, and we slept for about half an hour before we continued the journey. Um, but it was just the whole fact of journey mercies. The fact that we drove there, we went through the border of Canada, and we, you know, met our friends, and then we drove back. It was perp- there was no issues, you know, no issues whatsoever. If I even returned the car with ten minutes to spare. Um, you know, if not, they would have charged me an extra day. And, uh, that would have been good. But it was just the fact to see God was covering us all the way through. You know, and it's funny when I came to worship this morning, it's something that really resonated. Look, God, you actually protected me. You actually care about me. You actually care. You know, and it's, and it's a good thing to to know that God cares about you, and then you worship Him because He's He just protects you. He just keeps you. You know, I am making sense, right? You know, so I'm going to encourage you. Please worship a known God. Know God for yourself. Know Jesus. Know why you worship. You know, beginning of the year, Genesis, we wrote, we all, I made, see, the thing is, I do really weird stuff. In the worship team, I told everyone, write an essay on why you worship God. Okay? Yeah, I made them do that. Yeah, I did. Um, but it's beautiful, because when you then read it, it's on the website, everyone has, everyone had to go home, did their own research, what does the Bible say, and everyone actually did it. It was amazing. You can read it. It's all on, on, on the website. Um, so I'll just reiterate. Guys, let's be united when we come to worship. Let's be together. Okay, if we're in one accord, God's glory will fill the house. There's no doubt about it. Number two, let your lips and your hearts say the same thing. They have to be linked. Okay, it has to be linked. And number three, know the God you serve. Know the God you serve. Know the God you worship. Okay, uh, Matthew 15 was talking about um, um, they teach the commandments of men like doctrines. And in a sense, it's like the Pharisees, the Sadducees, whoever they were, um, they took all the different traditions and the different things they did, and they now made it a doctrine, which actually wasn't what God intended. That's not, and it's funny because when you then start to follow, I'm not saying rules are not good, no, rules are good, especially if they're godly rules. But if you then take traditions and culture and you make them religious rules, all you do is just become religious. You know, and I know Pastor Vance hated that. Yeah, something that you hated, but it's it's you then become religious. So you then follow these traditions and rules, and then God is completely away from it. So you're doing all the lip service, and then your heart's completely disconnected. Hence, why I'm saying lips and your heart need to be connected. If you know your God, your lips and heart will be connected. If we're united and we're dealing with offenses and we're dealing with the different issues we have with each other, God's glory will fill the house, and that's my desire. Does that make sense? So we're going to continue in a time of worship. Um, we're going to continue and we're just going to take that we're going to you know if you've got offences I encourage you please deal with them I, I don't know just deal with them you know if something's on your heart that's hindering you from worshipping God talk to God about it you know if you know that before your lips and hearts weren't connected let your lips and heart be connected and if if um, you know that you didn't know God 
this is your time. This is your chance to know God. You know, if you're not, if not saved, trust me, it's going to be one of the best decisions you've ever made. Okay, I cannot, I cannot regret the day I gave my life to Christ. Okay, I'm not saying it's been easy. I'm not saying it's been easy, but it's been an interesting journey. But I, I don't regret it. Does that make sense? Cool. Right. So let's rise. I'll just close in prayer, and then I'll continue in worship. And so, Father, thank you for listening to our podcast today. You may have been a Christian for a long time, or you may be exploring the possibilities of a relationship with God. Wherever you are in your journey of life, please feel free to contact us at Woolwich Community Church if you would like any further information on today's message. We will be happy to talk with you, pray with you, and help you in any way we can. Please see the information below in our bio on how to get in touch with us. Have a blessed week and God bless.